0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at tiaa.org/promises pay off. Welcome to the American Negotiation Institute's podcast where we will teach you the skills you need to get more out of life. And now your host, Kwame Christian. Hello everyone, and welcome to our very first podcast. I'm really excited to get started with all of you. So let's go ahead and start by talking about the format of the podcast, do a quick introduction of myself, and uh, talk about my goals for this podcast. So, my name is Kwame Christian, and I'm a business lawyer, and I love negotiating and learning more about dispute resolution. Not surprisingly, then, the purpose of this podcast is to teach you the essentials of negotiation and dispute resolution. This podcast will feature exciting personalities from a variety of backgrounds, each talking about their personal experiences with negotiation and dispute resolution. We'll follow a pretty basic structure where you get to hear a little bit about their professional journey and who they are, and then we'll move into story time where we get to hear the best and worst of their negotiating experiences, and then we'll finish up with their top three keys to success in dispute resolution and negotiation. The length of the show will be about half an hour because I think that's a good amount of time for us to get deep into the material without going too long and getting on the on the verge of being boring or repetitive. My favorite part about this is that I'm going to be learning alongside of you because the people that I'm going to bring in are going to have expertise in different realms. This will give us a great opportunity to see the differences and similarities of various negotiation and dispute resolution tactics in different contexts. So let's kick this off with a question. When was the last time you had a negotiation? So oftentimes when I ask this question, people think back to their salary negotiations or maybe a time when you bought a house or sold a car or bought a car. Or maybe that time you were on vacation and you were haggling with the person trying to buy that, that souvenir for your friend back home. The reality is that we're actually negotiating every day. Here are a few examples. At home, we might be negotiating with a significant other to determine who's going to do what and when. At work, we might be negotiating with a colleague or a manager to determine the breakdown of responsibilities on a project, the various timelines that apply, and the allocation of resources for the project. And oftentimes, we find ourselves stuck in between two warring factions. Maybe it's friends or families that aren't getting along, and you end up playing the role of unofficial mediator, and you have to try and figure out how to solve this problem. And the more that you learn about negotiations, the more you're going to see it in your everyday life. Have you ever had that experience where you bought a car, and now after you buy that car, you see it everywhere on the street? That's exactly how it is with negotiations. You're going to be more acutely aware of its existence, and you're going to see it more often in the world as you learn more about it. My goal is to create a podcast that can help you get through the negotiations and disputes in your life. No matter where we are and what we do, there are always going to be people. And where there are people, there's conflict. The skills that you will learn in this podcast will not only make you a better negotiator, they'll make you a better listener and a better communicator. And these two skills are essential if you want to become a better leader, colleague, friend, spouse, etc. I want everything you hear in this podcast to be practical and actionable. I'm not going to waste your time with a lot of theory that has no practical value. I want you to be able to learn something in the podcast today and use it successfully later in that day. So let me tell you a little bit about myself and how I got into this. So let's take it back to the beginning. I'm a first-generation Caribbean American. My dad is from Dominica, and my mom is from Guyana. And growing up, uh, my family had the opportunity to do a lot of travel to different countries. But the interesting thing is I grew up in northwestern Ohio, in a very small town called Tiffin, Ohio. This was a very interesting experience for me culturally because I was raised in a Caribbean household and I actually had a very strong Caribbean accent when I was younger and it slowly started to disappear over my years in the States. But culturally, racially, and ethnically I was an anomaly. When I graduated from high school, There was only one other black person in the entire high school, and there were two Latinas, and they were sisters. There was very little diversity in that area. But having that upbringing really forced me to learn how to connect with a variety of people. At a young age, I had to learn how to connect with people that were very different from me. When the time came to choose a school, um, I was really tired of small-town life, and I wanted something different. And so I had one criterion for school. I said, the school that I go to has to have a campus bigger than Tiffin, Ohio, and I found that in Ohio State. It wasn't really the the wisest way to make the decision, but it worked out for me, because that was a great place for me to go. While at OSU, I decided to study psychology for two reasons. First reason, I had this goal, a very vague goal, but a goal to help people, and uh, the second reason was because I was fascinated by the human mind and how humans go about making decisions and how we interact with each other. And psychology really satisfied that intellectual curiosity for me. But in addition to this, I wanted to have an opportunity to connect with more people and learn about different cultures that I hadn't been exposed to. And so that's why I got a minor in Spanish and spent a semester studying abroad in Ecuador. The Ecuadorian Study Abroad program was phenomenal. I got to travel around the country speaking. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. Spanish, practicing my Spanish. I lived with an Ecuadorian family and got to even visit the Galapagos during that trip, which was a a fun time. But when I came back, my parents started asking me the hard questions about where I wanted to go with my career. They were always very supportive with my educational endeavors. And um, they started to ask questions like, well, Kwame, you want to help people and you want to be a clinical psychologist. That's great. But have you considered what your life would be like if what you do is listen to people's problems every day? And uh, that was the first time I thought about it. I said, well, that, that doesn't sound very pleasant. Well, what else, what else could I do? Because I love psychology, but I don't really want to be a psychologist. Thankfully, I had the opportunity to shadow my uncle, who's an attorney in the D.C. area. And I got to see the way that he interacted with his clients and he was able to solve their problems. And it didn't seem like he was carrying a heavy emotional burden um, when he came home. And I said, this this is something that I could see myself doing. I could be an attorney. And I could also help more people by getting into policy. So thankfully, at Ohio State, they have a the law degree, the ju- Juris Doctor. But you could also combine it with a Master's of Public Policy and still graduate in three years. So I said, this is the perfect program for me, and how convenient, it's here in Columbus. So I was accepted to Ohio State Law School and the Masters of Public Policy, and I started to chart that path. In law school, your first year's courses are set out for you. There's no wiggle room as to which classes you can take. But in the second year, you have the opportunity to pick your own classes to a certain extent. And so there was one class that I saw that caught my eye, not because I was really interested in it, But more because it was efficient. It was a two-credit-hour course, but it was during fall break. And so it was only one week long, but you had to go to class for about eight hours each day during that week. And so I said, huh, let me go ahead and take this negotiation class. At the time, I didn't realize that Ohio State had one of the top-ranked dispute resolution programs in the country. And actually, right now, they are the top-ranked dispute resolution program in the country. So when I started that class, a really interesting thing happened. I loved it. And the coolest part about that class was that I could take what I learned and actually utilize it later in the day when I came home and I was interacting with friends and family. I found myself creating more value for myself, but also creating value for the other person I was speaking with. And the relationship was becoming stronger as a result of these skills. It was the first time in law school that I had a class that I actually felt had practical value in in my real life. So after the course ended, we had an opportunity to participate in a school-wide negotiation competition. So think of it like mock trial, but for negotiation. So you have a partner and you would sit at a negotiating table with the other team and you would have a fictional client with facts. And you try to get the best deal for your client. And so the whole interaction would be watched by a panel of judges who were mediators, attorneys, business people in the community who would judge your negotiation style, your strategy, and the overall outcome for your clients. And surprisingly, I, my partner and I ended up winning the competition. I think the only reason I was able to be so successful at it was because I was genuinely interested in the material. I worked really hard because there was an incredible amount of intellectual curiosity on the subject matter. I wanted to get better because I saw the value that it could create for my fictional clients and I thought in the future I could deliver this same kind of value to my real clients. So let me really invest heavily into honing these skills now so when I graduate and become an attorney, I can use these skills for my clients. Because my partner and I won the competition at Ohio State, we were able to represent the school at the American Bar Association Regional Competition in Ottawa, Ontario. And we ended up winning that competition too. And then because of that, we were able to compete in the national competition in New Orleans, Louisiana, and we made it to the semifinals. And so after that experience that year, I was hooked. There was really no turning back. After I graduated from law school and got the Master's of Public Policy, I started working at a prominent social justice organization called the Kerwin Institute. I had the opportunity to travel the country and teach health professionals about issues in health equity. Teaching them how to make persuasive policy arguments comprised a huge part of these presentations. That's when I started to realize that people needed to learn how to have difficult conversations, and they needed to learn how to advocate for their positions in productive ways. I enjoyed what I was doing in social justice, but it wasn't completely in line with my passion. I always was interested in business and wanted to have the opportunity to utilize my negotiation skills in a business setting. That's when I decided to start my own business law firm. I work primarily with small businesses and startups now, and I have been loving it. I really appreciate the opportunity to serve them as a trusted legal advisor, and I really enjoy the ability to structure their legal and business strategy for their companies. Whenever they have important contract negotiations or disputes between partners or landlords or anything like that, I'm able to utilize my dispute resolution skills to help them strategize around the best way to approach the conversation and get what it is they need. To get more clients, I started putting on negotiation seminars where I taught them how to handle their critical business negotiations. And that's when I realized that I really love teaching this stuff. There's nothing better than looking into the audience and seeing them have that eureka moment. It's like getting unplugged from the matrix. When you realize that negotiation is everywhere and these skills can be utilized every day, you see every conversation as an opportunity to create value and strengthen relationships. So there it is. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I am really excited to take this journey with all of you. If you have any questions that you want me to answer, I will put my email in the description and you can shoot me an email one of two things could happen. Either one, I know the answer and I give it to you and it's really easy. Or two, I don't know the answer and I'm going to really enjoy trying to figure it out because like I said, I'm trying to learn more just like all of you. If you find this podcast helpful or entertaining or both, hopefully both, uh, please go to iTunes and subscribe and give us a good rating and share it with your friends. I'll see you in the next one.